Counterintelligence is produced by Forensic News. Support independent journalism at patreon.com backslash Forensic News. Special thanks to Dana Berry, Andre Dunkel, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zachariah Zeskor Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, Greg Schneider, and Jason Zimmerman. Today's guest is Matt Penn. Matt, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing fantastic. Matt is a political analyst. We first met when Matt leaked us, uh, served as a confidential source and leaked us some very important documents when he worked at the uh, firm Wikistrat, uh, which I think I just want to say up front, I believe that's been Forensic News' most important and consequential story, which just briefly uh, was one of the documents. It was about a project uh, of dubious origins where Jamal Khashoggi and uh, some other experts in the Middle East were recruited. And Matt, again, just want to say, uh, even though that's not what this podcast is about, thanks again for, you know, stepping up and doing that. Thank you guys for for getting that published, because I've been trying to get that out for <laughs> over a year, I think, by that point. And you guys were the only ones brave enough to, to, to talk about it. So I, I do appreciate that. That uh, that meant a lot to me. It still blows my mind that it, it never got a, more picked up by the bigger press just because literally we published the email for a project that never really existed that recruited these people. But for those, that's not what this podcast is about, but for those who want to check it out, you can go to forensicnews.net and read the reporting uh, on Wikistrat. Uh, but today I asked you to come on because I needed to talk about what happened at the Capitol. I've been trying to book this one for a while. It was, I was trying to think about like every show who might be right. And it's been a while since I talked to you. It just, you just popped into my head. I was like, Matt's the right person for this show. So Man, I just need to talk about this, like, you know, sure. non-therapist to non-therapist. Like, what, Matt, what was your, take us through on January 6th. Like, I just want to hear your perspective. Where were you and what happened when you heard what was going on at the Capitol? Uh, I, I I think I was, I was working on some projects uh, on my computer at my home because we've all been stuck inside for the last almost <laughs> a year now because uh, of COVID. And uh, I just, you know, that's when I started hearing about the story about the, uh, the breach at the, at the Capitol and uh, or invasion, probably the more accurate word to use. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, I was in shock, like, like everyone else. Uh, you know, I was expecting some type of unrest uh, uh, from this. And, uh, you know, like I think, like everyone else, we expected maybe maybe a riot, but to actually get inside the Capitol building that that was that was a shock uh, for me, and I'm sure for for everyone else. Uh, you know, most powerful country in the world, strongest, most technologically advanced military, and yet, you know, this was allowed, this was able to happen. So, uh, yeah. it's it's. I I, I, I want to be careful not to not to get into hyperbole, but I also don't want to uh, I don't want to downplay the incident either uh, the well the attack either I, I you know I almost want to I almost kind of think of it like you know the the sack of Rome in 410. I mean obviously it wasn't quite that severe, but right. uh, I, I, psychologically speaking, I kind of almost see it on that on that level. Uh, and it, you know, it was a shock, and, and fortunately, in the end, you know, sadly, one one officer lost their. Well, one officer was killed by the violence. I think three other people died from. Mm -hmm. He was the only. There was only one officer, and then I think three other people died from from other causes. Of course, one person was shot. Mm -hmm. One of the one of the 
rioters slash terrorists was shot uh, trying to get into the into the Capitol building. And, uh, you know, what makes this event for me so much more mind blowing is the fact that, you know, the, the president himself in one way, shape or form, I, I don't think you can really debate that he at the very least instigated this. Uh, now, exactly his level of culpability and, and how responsible he is for that. I, I, me personally, I would say he's very responsible. Uh, if he were a decent human being, he would have resigned right after that happened. But yeah. we all knew that was never gonna gonna happen. Um, there's a great. Uh, do, do you do you watch the YouTube series Legal Eagle? Uh, no, I haven't seen that one. I've heard of it though. That's it's a great series. He went over talking about incitement and what exactly that entails, and that that was a, a, a great video talking about Trump's potential legal culpability over his speech and how that uh, could have incited how that incited the rioters. But um, you know, anyway, it was it was a shock, and you know, again, the fact that the president himself was was pushing these people to do it. Uh, and you, you, the other, the other, for me, the other amazing, shocking, scaring thing was that it took so long to reestablish order. I mean, they had to evacuate, they had to stop the proceedings, which again, this is a, granted, historically, it's a symbolic procedure, but it's still mm. a very important procedure in the peaceful transfer of power. They had to stop it right. and postpone it, evacuate Congress to, I think, they, as I recall, they took some people down to the basement. I don't know if they evacuated anyone from the building itself, but I know they took Pence and several other people down to the basement to some sort of secure room in the in, in the basement of the Capitol building. Uh, and it took hours for them to, to reestablish order. And look, however you feel about impeachment, I, I'm in favor of it personally, because for once it would be nice to establish some kind of standard for presidential accountability. Um, but whatever, however you feel about it, at the very least, we need to have some very intense investigations about what happened. Right. Why did it take so long? Why wasn't there a, a more robust, comprehensive police presence? Yeah. How did they get into the building? I mean, that, that, that alone for me is just insane. I mean, if we can't, the way I think about it is like this, if we can't safeguard the Capitol, can we safeguard the White House? Can we safeguard any other federal building can we safeguard the missile silos i mean people tend to forget we have a our standing arsenal of roughly 800 missiles i mean that's and not to mention other dangerous military technology i mean that's that's the type of thing that that really concerns me with something like this so uh i i think you, you know we take you know my, my, my background is is uh, you know, I have a background in history, but it's, you know, European history and, and because of the period of European history I cover, I do a lot of with global history too. And, you know, you look at failed states throughout history and it's, it's so easy to yeah. get in this mindset that, you know, you're on top, your nation's the strongest and not see the signs all around you of growing instability. And it's so easy right. to take that for granted. Cause and, it doesn't affect everybody, right? We, some of us are, are fortunate enough, whether we're born or I was just going to say whether we're born into it or we, we've achieved it, we're in a, a certain place. And so some of these things uh, haven't affected us, but now uh, everybody 
just by seeing that on television, everybody has been affected. Nothing will be the same. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I said this after Trump was elected in 2016, I, I don't see there, there is no going back to normal. There's no going back to pre 2016 political culture. I was saying that before all of this happened at the Capitol. Now I think I would hope everyone would agree. Yeah. There, there really is no going, going back. And so the real question becomes, how do we move forward from this? And, and, you know, I'll be honest, there are no easy answers there. Uh, obviously, the first and, and most important step, though, is, number one, an investigation into what happened and why it happened. Right. Uh, I know there have been a lot of allegations around, like, you know, you've heard from some of the Democratic uh, representatives have been saying that uh, panic buttons were torn out and people saw Republican congressmen taking people on tours that look kind of suspicious. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. but I do think these are these are serious allegations that should be investigated. Yeah, yeah. If they're true, then people need to go to prison. If they're not, if if they turn out to not be true, that fine, whatever. But they need to be investigated. Uh, and and you know, the way I look at it, when I, when I was at WikiStrat in, in twenty sixteen. We do a yearly, WikiStrat does a yearly project with, uh, in coordination or in cooperation with uh, New York University. Uh, it's it's, it's a, one of our leading analysts, uh, Dr. Maya Aziz. Which is another thing I can't believe, by the way. I just want to say, I can't believe that they still have a partnership with, this is a company, let me just say that if you give them your personal information, even an application, you don't know where this company is going. It's, it's owned by Joel Zamel who was involved in the, the special counsel investigation, uh, was also the founder of Psy Group. So again, not to go off on that too much, but you don't want to partner with this company. I, I wouldn't. And that, it, you know, honestly, <laughs> it pains me to say that I agree with you, but there are a lot of great, talented people at Wikistrat. And it's a shame, I have to say that, because yeah. I, I did like the people I worked with, but because of the way that place is run, yeah. because of the cloak and dagger sort of stuff, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend it either. Of but... Course. And for the record, let me make, you know, my last interview with Wikistrat, I'm not sure if I made this clear, and I do want to make it clear now. I do believe the vast majority of analysts who work there probably don't know anything about the what goes on with Psy Group or what Psy Deal Zamel has going on. Mm. I, I don't believe that the vast majority of them have any idea about any of that stuff. This is, that that's mainly, uh, I, I believe that's that's mainly between Zamel and, and his closest uh, associates, who, uh, you <laughs> By the way, my when I was last on here talking about you know my my suspicions that Wikistrat was tied to Psy Group, uh, Joel actually more or less confirmed that in an interview he did, and I and I think it was June or July of of last year, where he basically came out and said, yeah, the the work we do at one firm translates over into the work we do at another firm and i was like well thank you for confirming what i've always suspected but never could prove so and let me yeah and let me say on the capital i'm just going to go ahead and make a call on this this is a conspiracy now i'm not saying i can state all the facts right now but when you step back and look at this it doesn't mean it's like something that can be easily written down like these people were told by this person you know it could be it could be a collective there were multiple groups that were operating but there's, there's no way to step back and look at this and not, I mean, just for an example that during, we know for a fact that during this, and I know you know this already, during this siege, P- 
people in the White House were in contact with people inside. That's been reported. It was in like the posts. So it's like, what do you mean you were in contact? Like that was just this throwaway sentence in an article. Like, so you were talking to terrorists, like, and we need to start saying, I know I talked to you a little off air. We need to start when we put these things in a word, especially if we're a reporter, we need to state the facts and not be afraid. Like you are a terrorist or I was talking to a terrorist. I wasn't like, what were you? I, I just, I can't, I don't mean to like obsess over this, but you were, what do you mean you were in contact with the people who stormed the Capitol, the terrorists? Like that's what, that's part of how we got here was, was looking the other way with these characters, right? Four hijack um, hijackers on September 11th, right? Can, Matt, can you imagine for a second if somebody wrote a profile, like a sympathetic profile of the 9-11 hijackers, like the day after? Because those have already been written in our nation's biggest papers. I don't know. Like They would be in prison. They would have been in prison. (laughs) If not Guantanamo Bay, I mean. I mean, we don't don't want anyone to go to prison for just for for writing. But I I take your point. Like, yes, uh, it's it's wild the leeway that these characters have gotten. These white supremacist domestic terrorists. And, And to paint it off, I mean, some, especially on the right and even, you know, Fox News and, of course, one American, one American news network, which isn't even a net. I don't even no. come anywhere close to considering that a news network. But anyway, you know, they're, yeah. they're trying to paint this as just a glorified soccer riot. And right. that's not what this was. I'm not now, again, I'm not saying necessarily that I know that every single person who went into the Capitol was, was trying to commit an act of mm. violence or terror. They were breaking the law, certainly, but there were enough people in there who were clearly there. Again, you, you don't bring zip ties with you. Right. To a protest. Exactly. You know, the cops will do that, but that they're the authority figures, you know, they might need to arrest people. If you're a civilian, a protester, you're not going to have zip ties. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to set up a gallows. That's in. Yeah. And, and, and they made it clear, like you had, you had people with signs saying stuff like hang pence. That's the comedy. Yeah. It's not funny, but like what I was going to say was like the comedy is like, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is like, have you seen these people? And then like random people on Twitter are like, yeah, I just told you it's live streamed. Just go to the video. Like, that's what was funny about it. It was like, in this case, we don't, you don't really need the, the nation's uh, intelligence capabilities in some ways. Uh, Cause these fools, you just had to go to Instagram yeah, and uh, Snapchat. Uh, they, it is funny in a way. It really is. You know? I mean, it, it is, but at the same time, you know, like I said, I mean, that you, you're absolutely right. What is terrorism? It is when you engage in acts of violence to intimidate other people and disrupt the political process. That is terrorism. Right. That is the legal definition of it. So to say that, that these people were not engaged in an act of terrorism is, is, is false. It's wrong. And, and please go on. I'm sorry. Ahead. No, I was just going to say this is a one I was going to say this is a one shot deal. So what I mean by that is that five five people died, many more were injured and um I was going to say before as well uh, another police officer committed suicide the next day which I, I yeah, a capital police officer that must be related obviously there's no way that's that's not a coincidence. So he of course is a a, a victim as well. And I just totally lost my train of thought there. But no, I, oh, I, I, I mean, if I if I had gone through something like that, I, I mean, my psychological state would be 
I, I you know, I, I would, I would be in a, a state of shock and, and I can only imagine that, you know, you know, look, I know obviously over the last year, we, you know, there's been a lot of criticism and, and rightly so of, of police officers for things like George Floyd and, and how the treatment of black lives matter protests, you know, but in this case, you had a lot of police officers who were clearly outnumbered and outgunned by these people. And, you know, again, that's where the invest, one of the things that investigation really needs to look at is why, why were they so outnumbered? Right. Where, and, and the other thing, you know, why did it take so long to call in the national guard? My understanding, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is all still moving really quickly. There's still a lot that we don't know, but my understanding is it wasn't Trump who called him in. It was Pence. If right. I, if I, if you've heard differently, let me know. I, I no, no, Trump called in nobody. And that's, you're absolutely right. And that's part of what's so important about this is that itself is obviously highly suspicious, right? Like, <laughs> they were it looks like the they were blocked beforehand so when these agencies wanted to plan they were being told it looks like uh to do nothing at least the ones that the federal government has control over and it, what i was going to say before was too this is a one-shot deal what i mean is is that as 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 much of a catastrophe as this is uh five people died we won't get another chance like this. The next time this happens, if it does, they're going to kill everybody in there. And it's just a miracle. They were 60 seconds away from being able to get to the vice president. That's how close the Washington Post said. 60 seconds if that Capitol Police officer hadn't uh, heroically been able to lead them the other way. That's how close it was. So there's no, there's no second chance with this kind of thing. And yes, who was telling these agencies to stand down? It's, it's and that's yeah. and that's my big question. That's the other thing you have to think about. Like, you know, and I've heard that I've seen this all over Twitter too. It's like, well, quit calling this a coup. It wasn't a coup. A coup is when the the leaders try to overthrow the government. It's like, no, this this clearly, there was some kind of high. You're, I agree. I don't think it's conspiracy theories to say this. There was some kind of high level collusion of some kind. Right. Like someone wanted something to happen. They wanted to disrupt this process right. to help Trump, clearly. I mean, that's I think that's a pretty clear observation. Now, who knew what, who did what? Again, this is why an investigation right. this is, is so serious and, and necessary. And, you know, I, I think I don't think it's at all uh, inappropriate to compare something like this to, say, the beer hall putsch or, or one of the many coup attempts during the Weimar period. And, uh, you know, of course, eventually uh, a coup of sorts was, was made possible by Hindenburg when he appointed Hitler. But anyway, the, the point is, you're right. I don't think we will get a, a second chance. If, if something like this is allowed to happen again, they, they could very well be successful. And, and I thank God it didn't happen. But, you know, that's the other the other big question is, let's say they had gotten to Pence, what, what would have been the next step then? And, and could you have seen something like Chile, 1973? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, again, you can't take stability for granted. You can't take, uh, you know, political norms for granted. Once they're shattered, it's very, very hard to get them back. Right. And you know, I, I could show you tweets uh, before the election, like in the months leading up to the election. I, I was looking at tweets from Trump, from his supporters, from some of his biggest influencers. And it's bone chilling what some of these people, even the more, quote unquote, respectable people were saying. 
Um, if, if Trump had won, and I don't think this is hyperbole, I don't think this is conspiracy theory, I mean, this is pretty clearly what they were saying. If Trump had won a second term, I really believe we would have seen a mass purge of, of the opposition. I think we would have seen a lot of innocent people, a lot of activists, a lot of politicians be thrown into prison without any due process or, or constitutional protections. And we could have seen mass violence. We could have seen Trump supporters killing yeah. lots of innocent people. I, I don't think that's, I think that's very likely because again, I could show, and, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll show you the tweets. I mean, it's, it's bone chilling. You've got people saying things, using, using military terms to refer to the American people and, and the political opposition saying things like, you know, we're going to have to neutralize the Democrats or, or, you know, we're going to have to, you know, using the types mm -hmm. of terminology we've used in the war on terror to refer to Al Qaeda yeah. or, or the Taliban. So I, I don't, I, I think that uh, if, if, you know, what over the next few months, and we're already hearing it now, we're going to hear Republicans complain that they're being persecuted by Twitter or Facebook or whomever. And, you know, the calls for accountability are really persecution. My only response to that is how would you have treated us if you had won? Right. As you I and guarantee I, you it would have yeah. been far worse. As you and I were talking, you know, I wrote a piece um, a couple days ago, which came out on um, uh, Bumblejack Posobiec. I don't know if you know where he got that nickname, the, the one American news anchor. Uh, they call him Bumblejack because he was caught uh, cheating on his, his wife on Bumble uh, while she was pregnant, I might add. So that's, that's how he got the name Bumblejack. But I wrote this piece. And so he, when he put me on blast, as they say, by tweeting, like going through old tweets or something like that was this big deal. You know, I received, this is before the Capitol siege. So I got literally thousands of threats coming in, flooding in, people calling me. And that's sort of part of this job. So you get, you get used to it, but this is, this is pre-siege. It's really chilling to look at that in, and by the way, let me say too, post-siege, when the article came out, this guy didn't say us. He hasn't said a single word about it because of all the, I think because of all the deplatforming and these characters like him who are incredibly, he's an incredibly dangerous person for that reason. Some of them who aren't the dumbest ones like him are scared now because that, you know, losing Twitter is a big deal. Like they saw what happened to Trump. And so if that's an evidence that some of this stuff works, uh, I think so. Cause not a word. And I haven't even my inbox, even from his other loser followers, nothing. So some of this has scared them a little bit, and that's good. And th that it is good, but the dangerous part now is as they move out from things like Twitter and, and public uh, social media, the danger is them going underground and being harder to track. Is like you were saying, with you know, people were live streaming this stuff on Instagram, it was making them so easy to to, to track and to gain evidence to use against them. Well, now that they're going underground, that's when it really, that's when it can become even more dangerous because they're harder to monitor. Um, so that's, that's something we have to, you know, it's, it's good. We should right. keep deplatforming them if they're engaging this kind of harassment and, and spreading this kind these kinds of nonsense conspiracy theories. But um, we have to also be aware that's going to make our job harder and that's fine. I mean, you know, I like a challenge personally, if, <laughs> if that's the cost of, of what, or, you know, if that's the consequence of making it harder for them. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, Cause that like, yeah, you're right. It's harder for them to reach out and spread their nonsense 
destructive nonsense around the country. Um, yeah, point. I actually, uh, fought, you know, I, I got into a Twitter fight myself with him a few months ago. And, oh, really? uh, you know, fortunately, I mean, it, it, it basically I, I didn't really get any threats, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I got a lot of you know, a lot of really, really nasty comments. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. Like I, and it was just I, I, I replied to one of his idiotic posts. I can't even remember what I said or yeah. what the post was about. But literally within half an hour, if that, I, I had like 100, 200 replies. I yeah. mean, it's amazing. It's almost it amazing. very coordinated. Right. And no, when, when Bumblejack turns his 1.4 million followers uh, on you, if you're not like kind of ready for that, or it's, it can be a very disconcerting experience. So I could definitely see that. I was going to say on the note about driving people underground, you're right. One thing that's a problem is like Facebook, Twitter, some they're deleting, or let's say they like Facebook deleted this page that I was looking at monitoring of these characters. Now it's just gone. Yeah. So you can try to archive these things, but once it's gone, like some of these things they're doing for the right reasons, but it would be great if like researchers or somebody could at least get a heads up or, or they save it somewhere. Some of the stuff literally could be evidence in a, in federal investigations, if it's gone. I, mean, I, I would you know. hope, I would hope Facebook, and I'm, I'm sure they probably do have some kind of backup for yeah. it. So if, you know, if the FBI needed to get to it, I, I would hope they could. Um, of course, what was it? The Fort Hood shooter, Apple had, or the FBI had to actually sue Apple to get access to the guy's phone. And I don't know if they actually were ever able to, to do that, but to, to get access to it, because uh, they, they sued yeah, they paid, I don't know if it was, it was either Fort Hurt or San Bernardino. They actually ended up paying a million dollars to an unknown private company that was able to, to crack the phone. A million dollars for one iPhone. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for privacy rights. I'm all for digital protection, but that's a case where the crime's already been committed. The criminal's been, he was arrested. I, I mean, at that point, it's pretty clear that this person has committed a crime and that's necessary evidence. So, but um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, I would, I would think there's some Facebook itself would have some kind of record that they could go back to. Um, yeah. But again, that's going to require the FBI getting involved in, and, and, and getting a warrant for those, for those records. Um, granted, I'm, I'm not a tech person, so I don't want right. to, I don't want to uh, automatically assume, but I, I I would think, I would think they would, they would so, have that. Matt, so you, you sent me, which was really helpful. You sent me the GW, is it George Washington University? The extremisms. Yes. Yeah, really helpful. For anyone's listening, by the way, if you're, if you just want to see, so basically at this website, they're gathering the names of everybody who's been arrested and in a very like easy to read format with the indictments or the, or the criminal complaints. And you can go to this website, which is again, G, George Washington University Extremism Center and just and look at it. Boy, is that fascinating. What do you think about the people who are listed there? Anything jump out at you? Uh, you know, you have a few cases where, you know, uh, what, I, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I have to look back through it. But uh, a couple of the people, like one of the guys who was arrested was like a, a former Air Force uh, colonel. I think mm-hmm. he was an intelligence uh, colonel, as I recall. Yeah. Uh, a couple people who, you know, were, were you know, former police or, or tied to, uh, you know, I, I think, I, as I recall, there's one person who was a teacher 
oh. a, a public school teacher, at least one. Um, but a lot of the people also, it's, you know, a lot of small business owners, a lot of couple Salt cases, regular yeah, folks. <laughs> just, a couple of cases where it's just clearly some kind of nut job who, uh, you know, living with, well, I, I look, I don't want to put down people who live with their parents. I'll be honest after, after grad school and living in debt and having all the student loan debt, I had to live with my parents for many years. So sure. I'm not, not criticizing that, but I, you know, just a lot of people who, quite frankly, a lot of people who um, seem like kind of listless people who are looking for a cause. And here comes along Trump claiming the election was stolen. You know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out, you know, it, it's, it, there are all sorts of different, different types of extremists, people who adopt extremist rhetoric and extremist action for various reasons. But there are certain profiles that, that they have in common across the ideological spectrum. And I think in, in a lot of cases, you do have people who are disgruntled with life, who are loners or don't fit in, you know, can't get a job. Like the, the, the guy who uh, dressed in the, the, well, the bear outfit or the, had the, had the oh, horns. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, it's hard to believe he hasn't been able to succeed with that, that type of style. He was a failed actor, basically. Uh, he's he's dangerous he's like a failed I, actor he, he's a pretty dangerous character you're right he's he's crazy but also they they've they've uh, it looks like they've unleashed some pretty like i i believe i'll check on this but i believe they said that he was he was there to kill people um i think no, I, I believe mm -hmm. it. and you know you i don't want to and i i think the press should definitely avoid doing this we don't need to focus on you know what aspect of life they may have failed at or, or the crazy kookiness aspect of these people. We need to focus on what they were there to do. Correct. What they, you know, cause this is dangerous, you know, I mean, yes, there may be aspects of it that seem almost comical, but this is still a very dangerous situation. And like I said, no, this was not a glorified soccer riot. This was an attack. There's a place for that kind of reporting what I want to say, but later that's the key. Yeah. Later. First, the investigative aspect, then, yes, it's very important always to delve into who people are, but not on the second day after it. I don't need the profile about it. I, like they had one of, of Ashley Babbitt. It's like, let's first talk about the terrorism. And then if you want to do the, the profile in six months or whatever, that's okay. I mean, but, but first let's focus on what's important. Yeah. We don't, and also... I don't fucking care. I really, I really don't like that's, that's one of the, been the I, I know everyone listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like you've experienced hardship in your life. You didn't commit an act of domestic terrorism. You didn't try to kill people. And yet these, these, these nonstop profiles, we're supposed to feel sorry for you. How about somebody feel sorry for us, for what we've been through? I'm talking you, you, me, and everyone else listening to this. How about, where's that profile? And look, you know, the, the, you know, Ashley Babbitt, who was killed, I'm, I'm sorry, how many Black Lives Matters protesters were either yes. killed or seriously injured? Right. For no reason whatsoever, or, or, or right. in clearly, you know, you know, absolutely right. excessive use of force situations. Right. And yet the conservatives who applauded that brutality six months ago are now calling for an investigation. One of, right. one of them, I'll give you a good example, is Jim Hansen, who I follow. Mm. He's, uh, he's one of the major 
leaders of the so uh, of the uh, security studies group. Oh, okay, I know. I yeah, know real. He he's a huge Trump supporter who. I would say he tries to maintain an air of respectability, but if you just even slightly read between the lines, you can pretty clearly that that falls apart very quickly. But anyway, security, they're listed on like security study group. Cut me wrong. That's one of those ones that's like listed on like like hate group site, like the SLPC, yes, SPLC. Yep. Yeah, they're a pretty they're a pretty uh, pretty out there organization. Yep. They they try to and there are several groups like this. They try to pass themselves themselves off as think tanks. <laughs> Uh, and they're really they're really what they are. Number one, the funding for them is very suspicious. And there there have been allegations that there's foreign funding involved mm -hmm. in, in groups like theirs. Uh, they I think if I remember correctly, they've been tied to uh, the Saudis and maybe also maybe to the UAE. There've been allegations oh. of it. Wow. Um, but anyway, uh, he was he was actually on Twitter calling it a murder. He said there should be an investigation. The officer should go to jail. And I'm just thinking to myself, wait a minute. You look at George Floyd, you look at so many of these other, I, you know, Breonna Taylor, you know, I'm from Kentucky, you know, Breonna Taylor was killed mm -hmm. in, in Louisville. So, you know, that, and he was on Twitter defending the cops all the way throughout that entire investigation. And, and it just made me so <laughs> mad for people like him. And it wasn't just him, obviously people right. like him to, to be at this point, criticizing the police officers trying to keep this woman from getting into a secured area. One of, one of the most important areas of the federal government. Right. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Look, I, I, I would, would I have preferred that this whole situation without anyone losing their lives on any side? Yes. Sure. Yes. But you know, this, the, the lack of empathy shown for the black lives matter protesters compared to the outpouring of empathy Right. shown for these people it's scary it's right. startling uh, it's, it's just that double yeah. standard look it's a nation that was built on white supremacy and people who have experienced it more look i still think this is a great country i'm not it's not i don't say that out of criticism i just think the truth is important that's how we fix these things right so we know how this nation was founded and it's just people are now more people are experiencing it. Like, let's face it, during the George Floyd protests, a lot of white people were really seeing for the first time what many other people in this country have always known. Uh, not a bad thing. It took too long, but at least it happened. Yeah. And you're right. This Now people are seeing like, wait a minute, there's this fundamental structure of white supremacy that's crept into law enforcement where what other explanation is there for why? when those of us who were out there last summer were getting sh shot with rubber bullets or tear gas, I was not shot with a rubber bullet or tear gas, but I was close enough where I don't ever want to be that close again to something like that, yeah. just to be absolutely clear about that. But anyway, so wh why was that happening? But this time it was like, Hey, you know, taking selfies, huh? Like what was that? And, and, and the common refrain you hear from so many conservatives is, well, the police let these rioters run rampant, for months during the protest. And my only response to that is no, there were plenty. First off, I, I can't remember the exact percentage, but something like 85 to 90% of the protests last summer were peaceful. Right. Now, yes, I know that's not a hundred percent, but anytime you have that large of a gathering of people spread throughout the country over such a long period of time. Yeah. And, and you have a police presence that's disproportionate and prone to violence and brutality. I'm amazed that the, the protests were as peaceful as they were. Right. 
That's yeah. something we should not ignore downplay. This, this was one man. This is the largest protest the Trumpers have probably ever had. And they invaded the Capitol. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> almost like the things now, that they say about other people are a projection of themselves, the violent, the, the bullshit about Antifa. I mean, it, you don't have to be like Sigmund Freud here to see the, the projection, right? That it was, yeah. it was always them. It was always them. Uh, first chance they and got, like I, you know? And like I said, I mean, if, if somehow this crazy ploy of theirs had worked, and I, I don't think, I, I don't know, I, I'd like to think that there's no real realistic way this would have worked, even if they had gotten Pence. I'd like to think that that would not have, have changed the election, but I can't guarantee that. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what could have happened. That's, that's why I agree with you. That's why we need to investigate this I mean, now. The, the instead of service, precedent, yeah, yeah, instead they, of precedent that yeah. this, is, this, is un, this is unacceptable. Those guys don't play. I mean, I've, I've actually been around Pence's security detail only because when he was out here once, I happened to be at the same, like I was at the same hotel. And, you know, obviously it goes to that saying like, those guys don't play. I mean, if they, if those protesters had run in there, the Secret Service just would have shot all of them. Like that's, yeah. and that's, I'm glad that didn't happen because I don't want to see any violence. But those guys are like, they don't play at all. Uh. And I mean, you know, it, it is it is terrifying to think what could have happened if somehow, or if Trump had, or you know, earlier in the in the month, been successful in in persuading. The, the leaders of uh, the state of Georgia or Michigan right. or, or wherever to, to overturn the election results somehow. If, if Trump had won a second term, like I said, I do, I, I really do. I really believe, and this is, this is based off of what they were saying, what Trump and his supporters were saying, mm. they would have launched a mass purge and persecution of their political opponents. Yeah. Which they were already doing. So it just would have got yeah worse. I mean, We've already seen the the people who've suffered, like the Vinman or I don't know, a Peter Strzok, just anybody who got in their way. And uh, you know, now one thing that in my mind, and, and one of the good things that could come out of this is there is a developing rift in the Republican Party. A lot of Republicans, or some Republicans, are just now as meekly as it is, as as timid as it is starting to speak out. I mean, this, this clearly did change something in the dynamic for them because their lives were finally in danger. You know, Pence, McConnell, all their lives. And my understanding is Pence was, was very upset with, uh, yeah, Pence was very upset because his family was there. It wasn't just Pence. It was, you know, his family was, oh, I didn't was, know that. yeah, his family was in the Capitol building oh. uh, with him and they were, you know, Pence was very upset. Trump never called and asked if he was okay. He never showed no it. concern whatsoever for him or the other Republican leaders. Yeah. And that, that's the thing about, <laughs> about Trump. It's like, yeah. you know, every, every person, every major figure that has worked with him over the last four years, at some point has had a major falling out yeah. and, and, and come out against him. Gorka, Bannon, uh, uh, you know, every, everyone that's ever worked with Trump. Mm. And I'm talking about people on the right. I'm not talking about any, you know, public servants or anything. I'm talking about 
his closest political allies have, have all at some point come out against him and said that, you know, he's nuts or, mm-hmm. or have, you know, turned against him or well, more accurately, Trump turned against them first. And then they uh, spoke out against Trump. Mm-hmm. If I were a politician, I, I would never get involved with Trump. You know, forget the morality of it for a second. It, it's basic history every time. Like he's turned against everyone because that's what sociopaths do. They they're they're the center of their universe, and it doesn't matter how loyal you've been to them. It doesn't matter how much you've done for them, how often you followed their every command. At some point, you're going to do something that's going to anger them, and they're going to turn against you. Yeah. ETTD. Everything Trump touches dies. The Rick Wilson slogan. That's true. That's true. The reason if anyone's ever wondered why, like what you said, why do these characters get involved? It's for a simple reason. They have no other options. That's for most of them. There's a couple here and there who maybe have their other reasons, but that's the main reason why the, like, do you think like a Kelly McEnany ever would have been within six feet of the white house? Like that's why. So uh, Gorka, another, the perfect example Somebody who it's it's questionable whether he ever should have been even allowed into this country, given extremely dubious ties uh, and, you know, felonies that happened in Hungary and things like that. So uh, why is that guy even here? And then to have a position in the White House, by the way, they say his Gorka's position in the White House, basically, while he was collecting his salary. Basically, they said he was paid to sit in the White House lunchroom and wait for Fox News to call. That's not me talking. That's a straight straight out of a. An article, you know, covering him. Well, even like even people like George Nader or or Eric <laughs> Prince. I mean, these are God. These are people that are just colossal screw ups. Yeah. And the only reason they they keep going is is they're able to bamboozle people to give them more money, to give them more support. And and like I said, you know, Devo- Betsy DeVos, Eric's sister, you know, right. finally broke from Trump. Now, why she did, it's debatable. Some have said it's because she didn't want to have to invoke the, the 25th Amendment, um, which, by the way, can I can I go in a brief side note on that? Because I think yeah. there's something there's something about that people don't appreciate. Um, that's not really a long-term solution at all because the, what the 25th Amendment was really designed for is cases where the president was alive but incapacitated, like in a coma or something. The way that it, the, the amendment reads is, yes, a majority of the cabinet can invoke it. The problem is if the president challenges it, it still has to go to the Senate and the president still stays in office unless the Senate, until the Senate votes whether or not to remove him so it's very much like impeachment in that respect that wouldn't really mm-hmm. change anything he would still be in now granted he's going to be out hopefully hopefully some other craziness doesn't get pulled between now and then but hopefully by the 20th fingers crossed he, i mean with <laughs> the, with the large with a large present uh, military and police presence i'm not taking anything for granted though after what happened i mean i, I and again i think that's what a big part of why we're in this mess is for too long, we took things for granted. We took stability for granted. We took this idea that we could all stay peaceful for granted. You know, I mean that that we took for granted that the ever ever growing far right would ultimately respect the rule of law and and not do what they did. Which obviously that was a, a stupid idea. And on, could... yeah, on George Nader, I just wanted to say he's also a convicted pedophile, which. 
makes it even more disgusting how someone like that just is able to move in these circles. I just really bothers me. Well, really. he's in prison. He's in prison now. I, I, I know he's cause they caught him with child pornography. That's, yeah. that's what he's in jail for now. Yeah. Um, my understanding, I don't think he's gone to trial yet. I'd have to double check that. You, but you might be right. Yeah. I, I think, I don't think he's gone to trial yet, but um, my, my big hope is that number one, Trump doesn't pardon him. Cause that's, that's the big fear with all those cases is, you know, when it comes to Prince, Samel, all of those guys, there's still so much of their activities we need to know about too. Yeah. Um, my big fear is that Trump on his last day could do something like pardon all those characters. And that really makes it difficult for us to investigate them. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, the fact that these guys, these con men, for yeah. lack of a, you know, I think that's probably the best, most descriptive title for him, you know, could get to the center, of, you know, get to the White House, have that kind of influence. The fact MBS, you know, and, and forget, you know, not just these people, people like MBS or Putin could have the kind of influence that they had with, with Trump. Just on a pure, uh, I don't know, just a level of watching this watching stuff happen have you had any reaction to watching all these um terrorists get arrested like just what's the word schadenfreude i can never pronounce it yeah like the, yes, like the realtor until, the realtor yes, in texas until I, yeah. until I see what they're charged with and often oh. they're under charge in some cases they're not in some cases the the charges are a little bit more justifiable but you know i do feel like a lot of them are being under charge compared to what happened to the blm protesters many of them were grossly overcharged charged with everything everything. i I love the realtor from texas jenna ryan i think her name is that's my favorite because like just just that video of her with like just like we're just here with all these patriots like it was like wow you're like you're like really you're like dangerous but you're also like dangerously dumb absolutely incredible i guess because i'm so used to like just like working in secrecy like I get, we get used to that at forensic news, like keeping things real close. So when you watch something like that, it is funny. But then the other side of me understands it as someone is like, you know, doing a podcast with you and my, my face is out there. I just think it's funny. Like you'd think there were a couple people there who were, you could tell were trying to hide their identity, who I'm sure it'll found, will be found. They're the more hardcore criminals uh, who've probably been in trouble before, but I will never not stop laughing. Like today, Baked Alaska, Tim, whatever his name is, uh, he was arrested. This dude was live streaming for hours. So not only is he under arrest by the FBI, they've used his live stream to get all these other characters. Matt, uh, I don't know. Do you have any final words about this? Any thoughts on the Capitol siege? I, I think for me, what I, what I want to kind of briefly get into is um, where do we go from here? Mm. And that's not, you know, the truth be told, that's not an easy question and answer um i i've been saying for years that i think the u.s political system as it currently exists is unsustainable the problem is largely demographic it's a case of you know the 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 political divisions in this country they're not state by state it's not red state versus blue state it's rural versus urban areas and the problem is you've got two very broad camps in each of those geographic areas. You've got, you know, 
for lack of a better terms, liberals and conservatives, and each side wants to take the country in diametrically opposed directions. And there's just, there's, there's, we've reached a point, there really is no room to compromise between, between those two groups. And, you know, I've written about different options, you know, one option is potentially transforming the country into, you know, giving more autonomy to the states is one potential option. I don't like that because, again, there is no red state versus blue state. To make that work, you'd, you'd basically have to repartition the entire country. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, because at the end of the day, like the, the biggest changes we need to make, the structural changes we need to make, one, get rid of the Electoral College, mm-hmm. reform the Senate. Mm-hmm. Those are two of the biggest ones. Well, the problem is that the small states, the rural states are going to kill that. They're going to kill it. Why? Because they will lose power. They know that. They're not stupid. They will lose political power if they do that, but the pro- or, or political influence if they do that. But the problem is they have such a disproportionate amount of it. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, the, it's those metropolitan urban areas that are responsible for most of the economic activity of this country the technological or the development of technology and innovation. And yet they're so underrepresented in the political system. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's just, it's not sustainable in the end. And if I could and, just, and, yeah, no, go, go ahead. On, and then I'll, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after, go ahead, finish your thought. And, and, you know, like I said, I've written on this and I, I know there, at the end of the day, if we can reform, make, you know, enact the reforms we need to great. I, I do think, though, you know, we do. We have to make serious structural reforms, and that's going to be a real challenge. And at the end of the day, you know, Trump supporters love to make a point of this, that, you know, look, there's still 72, 74 million of us out there that voted for yeah. Trump. And you know what? I, I don't think his base of support's really that large. I think there are a lot of people who voted for him just because, for whatever reason, they hated Biden more. Don't ask yeah. me why. His, his true base of support's probably closer to 40 to 50 million but you know what? Right. If only one percent of that number is willing to use the type of violence we saw uh, the other week, last week, do the math. That's yeah. terrifying. That's I, a terrifying. I think the division, even to bring it down to even maybe a, a more simple level, is I don't know if it's in the historical term necessarily, but I really think that it's come down to what it's always been, which is sort of fascist versus non-fascist, like the. The country was, for whatever flaws, that when the country was founded, it was it was founded on certain principles. And the fact is there's certain people who don't fundamentally don't want to live in the country that the founders intended for all their flaws. They don't want a democracy. They want a fascist dictatorship. That's why they have a fucking flag. Pardon my language. I don't usually curse on these shows, but I've used a fair amount of profanity. I guess a um, terrorist attack on your capital will do that. Carrying a flag that doesn't have the American flag, but has the name of your God emperor. That's somebody who doesn't really want America. They want something else. So this is just, it's been building a long time. And yes, with white supremacy too, but it's just come to a head. That's what it is. They don't, they don't want America and no, they're not going to win, but they're, they're a huge, huge problem, a huge problem. And, and, you know, look, there's no good answer. There, yeah. there isn't. I mean, like I said, I mean, hopefully, 
we can make, you know, make some of the structural changes we need to and, and find a way to de-radicalize, for lack of a better term, these, these guys. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I but I, I agree. I think this starts with the first step is taking this seriously. And yeah. I, I like what, what you said just now, ca- calling it what it is, fascism, because yeah. for too long, too many people were afraid to use that term. Yeah despite the fact every scholar, every expert on fascism was saying, that's what this is. That's what Trumpism is. It, that's what I was saying. That's what I was telling you before. I don't know if we were off podcast or on air podcast it was like terrorist. Uh, what about the word lie? Another problem. Like I saw it today again, falsehood. It's like, what is the problem here? What is the problem with our institutions in this country that won't just call it as it is? Look at you and I here. We're doing a, we're doing a podcast on zoom. Like you and I, we're, we don't have anywhere near the power or the money or that any of these, well, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm just saying like that these no, big institutions have. <laughs> and what's the problem? We can do it. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. I really don't. I ran into this last year myself. I mean, I have my own, you know, with the whole Khashoggi thing and oh. Wikistrat right. and the just back and forth lies that Wikistrat kept throwing out. And, and, Here's the problem. When the president of the United States can act like this, he sets the tone. Mm. He sets the tone. He sets the standard. So if he can get away with this kind of behavior, corporations can get away with it. Firms can get away with it. It, it really does. It, it sets a, a spiral. And um, yeah. And again, going back to it, like, how do you reach an accommodation? How, how do you deal with, with, with this movement and there's no good answer because the problem is you're absolutely right. You're dealing with a movement that doesn't want democracy. They don't want they 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 want Trump or whoever succeeds right. him to have absolute power, right? And to have the ability to brutally suppress all of their opponents. Yeah. Now, I want you know the right are going to try and say, well, you want the same thing. I'm like, no, no, we don't. No. No, we don't. Biden is not Trump. Biden is not going to lock, you know, hundreds of thousands of Trump supporters behind bars. If he locks people up, it's going to be because they legitimately broke broke the law. And he's going to follow. I have no doubt he's going to follow due process with every one of them. These people who arrested the Capitol. Let me let me be the first to say right now. Their constitutional rights should be respected but they should be hold, held accountable. Right. Yeah. You know, so that's the difference. That is the difference. You know, we, you, I, other, other Biden supporters and Democrats and liberals, we want to protect human rights. We want to protect a democratic system. We want to expand our democratic system in terms of making it easier for people to vote, making it easier for people to speak out, you know, for, you look at what Trump supporters want. They keep saying, oh, you're censoring us. You're censoring us. If you had it, the second they gain power again, the first thing they're going to do is, is throw everyone they don't like off Twitter or Facebook, suppress the speech of everyone they don't like. Yeah. These That's people are, they they're really something. I tell you what, I mean, I <laughs> like, they are really something I've got, I've gone up against, like we talked about one America news, Deutsche bank, uh, Trump to some degree, Scientology, uh, 
the Wikistrat, XAML. I mean, these people don't really, I don't think they really understand what it means to, to be like tough and to like go up against powerful forces. And they, they're so arrogant. It's like, cause they are the powerful forces. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Like, I mean, we're not gonna, we're, it, we are, none of us, you, me, and everybody else who wants to live in a, a democracy, we're not going to let them do that. And they're going to experience severe consequences because of this. And so all that stuff, let me just say this, and then we can end on this. They had their little moment in the sun with this four years. It's over. It's over. I mean, I know we have a lot to deal with, and this is going to be, a, uh, we're going to be dealing with this for years to come, but that day is over for those people in the Capitol and for all the rest of them, it's over. Um, that's all I want to say about that. Got anything you want to plug, sell, promote, Twitter, Facebook? Uh, I'm, you know, I've got a Twitter account. Uh, we'll, I, I get, we'll put a link in the description. But um, I, I guess uh, my ending thought is, uh, you know, look, we, we, Mark Twain said it best. History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. Look at what happened when fascism took power in Germany or in, or in Spain and, and, you know, all throughout Europe. How did it end? Tens of millions of people dead. Yeah. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that if fascism made a massive comeback here and, and in Europe, we'd have the same result. You know, tens of millions, possibly, you know, countless dead in one way, shape or form. You, you, why? Why would you want that? Why would anyone want that? I mean, it's, you know, the people who lived in the 1930s and 40s, they didn't have the benefit of hindsight because fascism was a new political force. Mm. We do. We right. do have the benefit of That's hindsight. Right. We do. And, you know, I look, I a, a lot of Trump supporters, because, you know, it, it's true. You do have a sizable number who are not your traditional Republicans. You have a sizable number who've been alienated for one reason or another from, from, from politics and have, have embraced this supposed anti-establishment guy who's was born with a silver spoon in his mouth and is about as close to the establishment as you could possibly get. I understand there's a lot of anger at our political system. And, and you know what? Considering things like the war in Iraq and the war on terror and uh, uh, the, the bank bailouts, I get it. The answer is not to replace it with, with what Trump wants. Mm -hmm. The answer is to enact the reforms we should have enacted 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago to make our society more inclusive, more democratic, and more equitable. Matt Penn, just want to say so great. Oh, did you have a final thought there? No, that's, that's it. That's my final thought. Great having you back on the show and I'm looking forward to the next one.